Buckle your seatbelts and hang on to your cowboy hats, ladies, because Off the Ground is going to Nashville. That's right, April 1st through 3rd, we're taking this show on the road, and you can come too. We'll be touching down in the music city for some boot stomping fun and an ultimate girls weekend, including activities, festivities, and swag galore. Secure your spot and snag a stay with us at Nashville's hottest property, Hotel Noel. We know we can't help ourselves. We will obviously be showering you with a jam-packed gift bag, along with delectable meals, hang time with your favorite podcast girl gang, and on Saturday, get ready to spend an epic afternoon with country music sensation, Megan Lindsay. You may know her from NBC's The Voice or a little show called Queer Eye, where she's behind the new theme song this season. So get this, you'll be joining her for a private songwriting and recording session at her home studio. Yes, you will get to create music with a number one billboard recording artist. Then you'll settle in with sips and snacks to watch her off the gram interview live. Heidi, are we missing anything? Oh, you know, only that we'll be rounding out the weekend with a chance to get your butt kicked by me during a private crossley yoga session Sunday morning, obviously followed by brunch. Can't think of a better way to finish the trip. Want more info on how to come along? Email me, jamie at offthegrampodcast.com, and I'll hook you up with deets. We'll see you there. CrossFit, that's a great thing. You're pushing yourself beyond your limits, but sometimes you do have a limit. Yeah, you know, if you're in the gym and you've done your workout and you're being encouraged to go, 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 or maybe you yourself want to keep going, but you feel like your muscles are, your limbs are dead or you've stopped sweating, that happens when you overheat and you run out of fluid or you're just getting a little woozy, there is no reason to continue. Welcome back to an all new season of Off the Ground the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, ladies. Okay, so today's show is a little different. We're tackling a potentially life-threatening condition that happens when muscles start to dissolve, releasing muscle fiber contents into the blood, which can cause fatal kidney damage. So the syndrome is called rhabdomyelosis, aka rhabdo, and it's becoming frighteningly more common in fitness circles. First, we'll meet Alexia Gonzalez, a 26-year-old CrossFit athlete from Palm Harbor, Florida, who says after doing a workout, she suddenly couldn't straighten her arms. Her body felt like it had been run over by a truck, and she was admitted to the hospital where she was diagnosed with rhabdo. We'll hear all about her grueling experience and her journey to recovery. Then we will bring on a top sports medicine doctor to break down the causes, symptoms, treatment, and prevention of this scary condition. And just to note, we actually learned about this condition because one of the founders of this show and somebody who's still a friend of the show to this day, Ali Tish, she's had it twice. And when someone in your circle has a very rare condition, you look into it and you learn about it. And we just thought how scary that our friend could go from doing pull-ups at her local gym to being in the hospital for like 10 days. And what is this thing all about? 
So we dug in deep and we think you'll enjoy the show today and maybe learn a thing or two and maybe we'll save a life or two. You never know. So listen to today's show if you've never heard of Rabdo, but now you're scared to death at the last five minutes. If you work out regularly and you're worried you might be at risk, and if you want to top doctor's advice on how to crush your workouts safely. Alexia, we are so grateful to have you on today's show to share your harrowing experience. But first, I want to brag a little bit about your fitness accomplishments, and it goes a little something like this. So you are an NCAA Division I platform springboard diver at Florida State University, a Golden Torch recipient, a 2019 USA weightlifting under 25 bronze medalist, a 2020 Florida State champion in the 21 kilo weight class. I don't know how to convert that to pounds, but or what it actually means, but I think you're strong, and a USAW Senior Nationals competitor in 2020 and 2022. So clearly, you are an elite athlete. And although rhabdo can happen to anyone, we will hear from a doctor later, we want to hear your story. So can you tell us about your training regimen leading up to your hospitalization? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think the important thing is the backstory here. I was a college athlete. And in my last semester of college, I went to CrossFit with my dad. I wanted to stay competitive and still be an athlete. And CrossFit just was such a great blend of my gymnastics and diving background. And then it introduced the sport of weightlifting and now ultimately just solely an Olympic weightlifter, which I absolutely love, but still do CrossFit to cross train. So my regimen, I mean, I've been an athlete that's been working out five to six days a week, anywhere from three to four hours a day, double sessions. And in the world of CrossFit, you'll hear the term rhabdo, but I really didn't understand what that meant. So when I got done with my diving career at Florida State, I transitioned into doing CrossFit, started getting into Olympic weightlifting, and that would ultimately lead me into doing a workout that brought on the onset of rhabdomyolysis, as you're referring to it, Megan, as rhabdo. So but as a college athlete, I mean, you were a division one athlete, never had any issues. And you were working out, you know, six days a week of like high intensity workouts, right? Yes. I mean, anything from pool workouts, cardio, weightlifting, I mean, every outlet of fitness that you can think of, I was touching or doing for training at that high level. But so what do you feel like the difference in your training was from like being this division one college athlete to then suddenly doing CrossFit? CrossFit was harder than being a division one athlete? No. So that's the the big piece of this is I had actually gotten injured and I had tweaked my back. So I had taken a few weeks off and the workout that led me getting to Rapto is a hero workout. CrossFit does a lot of hero workouts for our veterans. So this was on Memorial Day and I did the hero workout called the Murph in honor of Navy SEAL Michael Murphy. So great last name, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm not sure, are you guys familiar with that workout? It's pretty nuts. What it's like, what are the components? Yep. So it's a mile run and then it's, I might be saying it backwards, but it's a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then you finish the workout with a mile run. And then if you're absolutely nuts, you'll wear a 20-pound vest doing the entire workout. So I had been working out, but nothing intense for a few weeks because I had, like I said, tweaked my back. But I really wanted to do this workout with my family and friends. It's kind of a staple in the CrossFit community. 
So I did this workout and that's when my journey with rhabdo and the onset of those rhabdo symptoms came on. Oh, wow. So this is Heidi and I am a yoga instructor and I have a lot of private clients who came to me for the first time because they tweaked their backs in CrossFit. So I'm like familiar in CrossFit from the lens of people who've been injured. That's basically my experience with it. So can you tell us sort of was there a moment that you realized something wasn't right after you came in after your back injury healed and you went to this hero workout? Was there a moment? Can you describe your symptoms? Absolutely. And Heidi, I will just tell you, CrossFit's a great tool for life change and for weight loss and for building muscle. The problem is CrossFit's competitive. You have a lot of egos and that's where the injuries usually happen. So I know people get very fearful of the word CrossFit, but I do like to say if you have the right coaching, you should not be tweaking your back. So I think that's fair to say in absolutely every physical fitness regime. I know people who get hurt in everything, but I think if you have the right instructor or the right coach or the right trainer and somebody's watching your form and you're listening and you're listening to your body, I think that you're okay. It's when people give away the agency of I'm in charge of my body. Absolutely. That things can happen. Yes. So symptoms after I have done all of these pull-ups, push-ups, I mean, you're sore. Because it's like, how I can't even do two pull-ups. You had to do how many? A hundred, yes. Like unassisted, like legit pull-ups? Yes. That's insane. (laughs) So I, yeah, I mean, it's an intense workout. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. And I think that's why it's such a special day is because you're like, okay, I am going to have this mindset. I'm in it for the meaning behind it. And you've got, you know, military people doing the workout with the American flag. I mean, you're just in it. Like, I was like, I don't care if there's pain. I'm doing it for the people who have fallen for our country. So I um, did this workout, felt soreness. But Heidi, to answer your question, later that night and going into the evening, you have your regular muscle soreness. But with rhabdo, I ended up locking up. I was so locked up and tense in especially my upper back and in my arms. I couldn't even lock out my arm. And then I couldn't even take my sports bra off. I had to ask my sister. I'm like, I'm so locked up. I need help to even get my, I couldn't get my arms over my head. At this point, I'm like, I've heard of rhabdo. I'm still in denial that I could be having the symptoms of it. I'm like, maybe I'm just really, really, really sore from not working out for a few weeks. So is this when you went to the hospital and what was treatment like when you got there? Okay, Jamie, get ready for this. So because I was in denial and my ego is in the way, I got on a plane the next day to go to a work trip to Virginia. Oh, geez. When I got Mm. off the plane, I, at this point was like, something's really wrong. I am so locked up. And then it was becoming now painful. It wasn't just like locked up and sore. It was actual pain radiating throughout my entire body. So I went to my boss and I was like, I need to go to the emergency room. Go to the emergency room. And the nurse is like, what's going on? I said, hey, I think I have rhabdomyolysis. I'm not kidding you. The nurse looked at me and she goes, yeah, right. Like, that's so rare. And I'm like, Okay. I'm like, well, I'd like blood work done because I can't straighten my arms. So you were aware enough from being a part of the CrossFit community that this is a possibility. Because I think if I had locked up like that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I'm dying. There wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't have known that term or even been aware of that as a condition. 
Yeah. So I've had friends who've had more minor cases of it and just their description of it. I was like, I'm really echoing and reflecting what their prior symptoms were. But were you dizzy, throwing up? Was there anything? It was just the muscles locking out or was there any other symptoms? No. So I think that's also why I was in denial. A lot of times your urinary tract system can get like, you'll notice your urine change color. That never happened with me. So I'm like, well, maybe I don't have it. But again, I was just progressively getting worse at such a rate that I couldn't move and it was so painful. That's what blended me. And you're someone who's used to pushing through discomfort. So for you not to be able to push through it is very different than someone who who has the man flu and needs to be in bed for 10 days because he has a sniffle. It's a different thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It got to a point where like the instinct in me was like, something's not right. And I'm very in tune being an athlete with my body. I'm very aware. And I knew the alarm bells were going off. So so she takes your blood work. Does she like put you in a hospital gown and put you in a bed at this point? So I'm in the waiting room and the nurse comes back after taking my blood work. She's like, yes, you have rhabdo. It's the worst case we've ever seen in our hospital. We're admitting you right now. Oh my goodness. And I said, you're not admitting me in Virginia. She goes, oh yes, we are. And at that point I was like, wow, this is really serious and I need to get treated. But just the shock on her face. And you're alone on a business trip. Do you like phone a friend at that point and be like, oh my goodness, here I am in this Virginia hospital with rhabdo. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I called my, who is my boyfriend, but now my husband. So I called my husband and I was like, I'm not trying to freak you out, but I'm being admitted in Virginia for rhabdo. My family doesn't know what this is. They've just, I mean, they've heard of it loosely. So my mom and dad are on Google. So can I ask a question? And it's like a little bit of like the white elephant in the room. So you're saying that your dad was a CrossFitter Mm -hmm. to begin with, right? And so that's how you discovered it. So we have heard the stories, having been in the fitness community for a long time, that CrossFit kind of cartoonizes like rhabdo and like, what is it? Like Pukey the Clown. They have like some of these cartoons that are like aligned with CrossFit. And so I'm just curious about your take on that. And again, this is not to demonize CrossFit or any fitness modality because that is so not our bag. However, I am curious because it is a controversial subject. I'm curious what your take is on that. Jamie, the take on how they reflect rhabdo in the community? Yes, I've heard that it's reflected with humor when it is such a serious condition. Absolutely. I mean, I have my L1, so I'm a certified CrossFit instructor, and people are misinformed about it. And I think they're like, oh, just, you know, so the treatment for rhabdo is just a ton of fluid. I mean, they stuck an IV in me for five days just so your blood can, what happens is myoglobin's released into your bloodstream and that is a very dangerous protein for your kidneys. So basically they're trying to filter that out of your system. So it's basically stick an IV in you and that's the treatment. doesn't sound that bad, but it's actually very, very scary and can be very dangerous to your internal organs. People completely miss that part of it. But so then in the CrossFit circles, is that somehow a badge of honor? Like, hey, I had my IV for five days. Like, do you get high fives when you go back to the gym for having gone through that? You know, I think probably, like I said, and I might get pushed back on this, but there's a lot of egos in CrossFit. So I think it's almost kind of a coping mechanism. Like this was a scary thing that happened to me. So instead of telling people I was scared, they're like, oh, I went to the hospital, been there, done that, no biggie, instead of really reflecting on what had happened and how serious it was. So what was the recovery process? Like once you were out of the hospital, did you go right back to the CrossFit gym? How did you get back there? Yeah. 
So actually, I got worse before I got better. My creatine, they call it CK levels. That's what they're looking at your blood. The average person that works out, it could be anywhere from one to 10 in your bloodstream. Mine got up to 80,000. So, I mean, it's just off the charts. Do you think traveling had anything to do with that? Because you were probably dehydrated from flying. You put off treatment too long. Absolutely. Again, I don't think there's any specific studies, but just in my experience, I do think that definitely contributed to it. But the recovery time, Heidi, was basically once my levels got back to where they felt comfortable, I think I got back to like 16,000 when they released me from the hospital. I mean, so I still had to go back to the hospital for another check for blood work. They had to look at my liver enzymes. And and this is still all in Virginia. So like you're on your business trip and you're like, I'm going to be just going to be in the hospital on IV for five days. And um, good luck with that conference because now I got to go get blood work. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but even when I got home, I had to go back to the hospital to get blood work done. So the recovery time was just letting it run its course, letting your muscles kind of de-lock up so that you're able to start getting back into the gym. I did a lot of yoga, Heidi. I just did a lot of trying to open myself up, get my muscles going again, because they're such in a state. They're frantic. You know, they're all tightened up. So I wanted to unlock them. And it takes time. You have to be really patient with the process. So Allie Teach, who's a good friend of the show, she was actually one of the co-founders of the show in the early days. And she's a big workout person and fitness influencer. And she's had rhabdos twice. And similarly, hers came this last time from doing a lot of pull-ups. So I think it's very interesting. And she, like you, was in the hospital for many days, and they just had to flush her with all sorts of crazy fluids. So I wonder, you know, as a level one CrossFit instructor, do you think that there's certain exercises that maybe, you know, maybe for a woman's body, like shouldn't be as encouraged or perhaps need to be done with more care and more oversight? Like, how do you think we could solve this or have more oversight in the CrossFit community? Because clearly, again, to not like throw the baby out with the bathwater, there's a lot of amazingness about CrossFit. And this one thing seems to be like a sticking point for a lot of people. So I'm curious if you have an opinion on that. Yeah. So with rhabdo, basically rhabdo comes when you are deteriorating or you're breaking down your muscle faster than it can repair itself. I mean, that's how you get strong is by breaking down muscle and then it rebuilding stronger. Rhabdo happens when you're breaking it down at such a rapid rate that it then releases that dangerous protein in your blood. So with the pull-up, any movement, I think it's, and you have to correct me here, I think it's the eccentric movement. But it's basically this movement here with pulling, a pulling movement that is causing that rapid breakdown. And honestly, Jamie, I don't know if I could tell you, you know, Alexia is going to be more of a candidate to get rhabdo than this other person. I think what it comes down to is just an awareness of when you're feeling an onset of soreness start to come on, especially during a workout, being really in touch with your body and knowing when to say, okay, I need to modify, I need to take the intensity back. And for women, especially, I know tons of men who've gotten rhabdo, so I'm not really sure it discriminates, you know, based off gender. But I do think, you know, being a woman, understand what feels right, what doesn't and listen to your body, be really in tune. But it didn't scare you off because now you're an Olympic, you're still a champion Olympic weightlifter, right? Yeah, Megan, you know, I think if anything, I just learned from it. So I don't, if you've got rhabdo before, I'm not telling you to never go back to CrossFit or to doing your sport. Um, It just, it brings another heightened level of awareness to what you're experiencing during your workouts. 
also, like I said, I took for anybody who is injured, you know, don't hop right back into a hero workout, go through your rehab processes, you know, make sure you're following programming that feels right to you and your body and your needs so that you're not putting yourself in that vulnerable situation. I also think eating your ego is one of the hardest gym lessons I've had to learn. And I dropped to my knees now in an SLT class with a 20 year old next to me and I want to die inside, but I do it because I'm like, you know what? I can feel that that move isn't right for me in this moment, but that took a long time. Oh, I had to injure every single body part I had before I learned that lesson. I think like really and truly pulled everything. Yes. I think you are a beautiful example, Alexia, and thank you of just having a more mature and sophisticated mindset around it. I think we've all been there. I think that's what we're all agreeing on, right? Like I definitely in my early days of Barry's boot camp, it was a badge of honor to puke and I would text my friend, hey, puked on the treadmill. Like and I think it's like no better, do better, right? So like yeah. there is a world in which pushing yourself is good. But then as you know a little bit more about your body, it is just really important to be as aware and informed as possible. And I thank you so much for joining us today and spreading your message in such an eloquent way and really also to explaining both sides of the coin because I think, you know, nobody's right, nobody's wrong here. I think there's just an awareness to be had all around. And I think that's really the important takeaway. Absolutely. And tuning in, the tuning in and listening to the body. Yeah. And I think to the responsibility of coaches and trainers to bring that awareness of what rhabdo is. I think a lot of people starting CrossFit, especially they hear about it from members joking about it <laughs> instead of I've been sat down. Somebody's told me that this has happened, especially in the CrossFit community. I have not heard of rhabdo outside of CrossFit. And I think that speaks to the intensity of the workouts and how you know, CrossFit, that's a great thing. You're pushing yourself beyond your limits, but sometimes you do have a limit. So beautifully said, well, thank you so much. So, so much for sharing your story today. And you really helped a lot of people. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Next, we're going to bring on Dr. Vonda Wright, a renowned orthopedic surgeon who has served as the president of Houston Orthopedics Southeast and was the founding chief of Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute of Sports Medicine in Atlanta, as well as, wait, there's more, the inaugural medical director of the University of Pittsburgh Lemieux Sports Center, home of the Pittsburgh. Penguins Hockey Organization. And little side note, her husband is two-time Stanley Cup champion, Peter Taglianetti. You know what? She's so fancy. I need everybody to know. Like, we get such good guests. I want everybody to know every credential. Okay, Okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Because Dr. Wright earned her Master's of Science at Rush University, her medical degree from the University of Chicago, completed a residency in orthopedic surgery at the University of Pittsburgh, and her fellowship in sports and shoulder surgery at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. Oh, there's more. This Dynamo also was the founding director of the Performance and Research Initiative for Masters Athletes, otherwise known as PRIMA, and her pioneering research in mobility and musculoskeletal aging is changing the way we view and treat the aging process. She currently practices in Atlanta, where she cares for athletes and active people of all ages and skill levels from the division one Georgia state Panthers, Olympic track and field athletes to the Atlanta ballet, focusing on minimally invasive surgery for hip preservation, shoulder and knee reconstruction, cartilage restoration, orthobiologics, and the latest in injury prevention and performance optimization. She's a big deal. 
Okay, Megan jumping in. Dr. Wright is also an accomplished researcher and author who speaks worldwide and develops innovative programs for optimizing performance and minimizing injury from the ball field to the boardroom. And if she sounds familiar, that's because she has regularly appeared as an expert guest on TV shows like Dr. Oz and The Doctors and is frequently quoted in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today, U.S. News and World Report, as well as in magazines like Prevention and Runner's World. She proudly serves on the Share Care Medical Advisory Board and has authored five books, Fitness After 40, How to Stay Strong at Any Age, Guide to Thrive, Four Steps to Body, Brains, and Bliss, Younger in Eight Weeks, A Parent's Playbook for Raising Healthier Athletes, and Masterful Care of the Aging Athlete. Let's welcome Dr. Wright. So Dr. Wright, we are thrilled that you could join us today to talk about what is widely known as CrossFit disease in fitness circles. In fact, we just heard the cautionary tale of an incredible CrossFit athlete who was hospitalized with rhabdomyolysis. So let's break it down. What is rhabdomyolysis or rhabdo? Can you please explain to us what's actually happening and breaking down in the body? So rhabdomyolysis can happen in a variety of settings. You know, the first time I came upon it in my own patient, a woman had worn high heel boots and danced all night and caused such swelling and inflammation in her calf muscles that they started to break down. So rhabdomyolysis is the accumulation of the byproducts of muscle breakdown into the blood. Now, we always have a little bit of muscle breakdown when we work out hard. But when you do it so long and so hard that there's an overabundance of breakdown, too much of these proteins are circulating. And it is the job of the kidneys to clear that in the body. And the kidney becomes overwhelmed. So the person not only has muscle damage and swelling in the muscles themselves from overuse, but the kidneys can start to fail because they can't process all this extra protein circulating. And so the people can actually go into kidney failure, which then affects their fluid balance. So it can, in a quick manner, become life-threatening. But when you're talking about activity, right? So dancing all night, can you explain a little bit of that actual muscle breakdown? Like, if I go for a walk, am I breaking down muscle? If I'm doing three squats, am I breaking down muscle? Like what does that muscle breakdown look like in a typical human being? And then someone who is on the verge of rhabdomyolysis. That's why people call it rhabdo because the rhabdomyolysis is hard to get out. Well, and I don't want your listeners to believe that this happens every day, that you have to be worried about getting off the couch and going and doing your normal exercises but there is a phenomenon where you're just starting out or you're feeling pretty good. And I call it the terrible twos. People do too much, too soon, too often, or they've just got the mindset that they're going to just plow through and plow past the pain or do one more set, right? So number one, this is rare. Number two, doing what you're normally accustomed to is not what triggers this kind of muscle breakdown. But why do we get sore a couple days after we work out hard? Well, number one, we're sore because we accumulate by normal energy metabolism, lactic acid in our muscles, right? It accumulates when we switch from using fat and carbs to do normal metabolism. And we're working so hard, we flip into anaerobic metabolism where we've run out of oxygen and we accumulate lactic acid. 
that's painful to release from muscles. But the other phenomenon that happens is when we are working out, our muscles actually build or hypertrophy by repairing the small tears that happen in normal working out. The small tears are repaired and that's how our muscles get bigger, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we have too much muscle breakdown, let's say, now listen, I want your listeners and all your CrossFit enthusiasts to know that I am fascinated by what you do, right? It's fascinating to me, the games that are played and the, how people push themselves. But what is characteristic of CrossFit is your coach, while you're in the box with all the other people that are around you working their hearts out, will ask you to work past the point of fatigue, like do another set, you can go heavier, you can go faster and deeper. My point to this is not that it's bad to work out hard. My point is that you have to listen to your body and sometimes more is not better. Often more is not better. So you reach a point where you're completely fatigued. You've lost a lot of the coordination and muscle control. Your muscles are full of lactic acid and then they start to break down more rapidly, releasing these chemicals which lead to rhabdomyosis. And then you've got this big protein load in the body that your poor kidneys are trying to get rid of. I mean, that's the process. So I don't want anybody to think it's going to happen in a normal workout. So I have a question. So you mentioned CrossFit and we have heard that CrossFitters specifically tend to be more prone to this. And you kind of explained why I've also heard spin enthusiasts coming down with it, but then you're saying that, you know, somebody who just goes out dancing. So first of all, are there specific things you should be looking for in the course of your workout that might indicate, wow, this doesn't feel right. And for instance, I mentioned earlier in the show, a friend of the show, a former co-host of the show, she's had it twice. So like, is there a predisposition? Is there something specific that people should look for? Like, this doesn't feel right, right now in my muscle that people could maybe call out for themselves. Well, number one, in all of these activities, please stay hydrated, right? We need to you know, replace all our fluids. In fact, if you want to get really technical about it after you've been working out a little bit and know what your normal limits are, you can actually replace fluid by weighing yourself before and after a workout so that if some athletes and some people working out will lose 10 pounds during a workout, that is not fat. That is not anything except you're sweating off 10 pounds. So you, before your next workout to be completely rehydrated, you should drink enough to go back up to your normal baseline weight. That's how we treat professional athletes. But as you are working out, and let's say you are adding an extra set or two or three extra sets, maybe you're feeling superhuman that day, listen to your muscle pain. When your legs are so heavy that you can't really move between sets, when you're already starting to get sore and you're still working out, right? If you're feeling a little woozy or even worse, vomiting, or you're wearing a heart rate monitor and you see that your heart rate's no longer steady, those are late signs that you are doing too much and no coach encouraging you to move on needs to be listened to because then that means that as the muscles are breaking down normally, they're releasing so much of the protein, it's called myoglobulin. We don't have to get that technical, but it's harmful to the kidneys and will cause failure. That is what we're trying to avoid. So people just listen to your bodies. But weirdly, I also heard that exercise isn't the only trigger. Like I've heard it's like a body trauma also, right? If you were in an accident, I heard some people that are on cocaine that could trigger rhabdo. Is that true? 
Well, so in traumatic accidents, you know, imagine if if the body doesn't know whether the muscle trauma is due to being self-inflicted by too many sets or wrapping your leg around a tree. The body does not know the difference. It is muscle damage to the body, right? So you will still have the byproducts of muscle breakdown, this myoglobulin released. So trauma is trauma to the body. Now, I honestly do not know the specific mechanism of people who have taken cocaine, but what I have had many times in my ER, because as an orthopedic surgeon, many of us spend a lot of time in the ER, I've had people who have passed out from alcohol, passed out from drug overdoses, and maybe they lay in one position like this for 12 hours or 14 hours, or with their leg curled up under them. That in itself can cut off the circulation to a body. You know how when your leg goes numb, when you're in a bad position, it cuts off circulation. It causes muscle breakdown. You release these proteins, which are. And so that is the mechanism that I'm familiar with, with bad social habits. That sounds awful. Bad social habits. I like calling it that. Bad social, bad social habits. habits. And that sounds awful. We've all like fallen asleep with like, and our arm is falling asleep. Can you imagine doing it? I think like it happens to moms a lot. Like a kid falls you asleep on you and you don't move. You don't want to move. Right. That is so true. Well, you know, I'm just wondering. So like, really what makes it so deadly? Because here's the thing. I was on a hike yesterday. Actually, I just got back from vacation and I was talking to a, a woman. She had told me that her adult son had robbed out. And she was kind of like laughing it off a little bit. Mm. And I said, well, isn't that, it's very deadly, right? So how deadly is it? And like, what is the prognosis, you know, linked to rhabdo? Muscle breakdown, excess proteins in the blood. They must be cleared through somewhere, right? So it is not the muscle proteins themselves that are terrible, It is their effect on the kidneys that puts you into kidney failure. Kidney failure is fatal, right? Because you can't get rid of fluid and you can't get rid of toxins in your body. So when we treat people in the hospital, and it's usually not orthopedic surgeons treating these people unless we're taking out dead muscle. It's the uh, critical care doctors, but they're hydrating. They may put someone on dialysis. They're trying to re verse the accumulation of the myoglobulin. And if, you know, if you're working out and afterwards you're so dehydrated, you know, we're going to be a little graphic here. We want to stay so hydrated that our urine is clear or that it's yellow, but if it's brown, like milk chocolate, you may be on the way and you need to hydrate up and really monitor what's going on with you. And not ignore the vomiting or the confusion, you know, take this seriously. It's better to go to the emergency room and get cleared than not. See, that's what's interesting, because I think throwing up in the gym almost is like this badge of honor. I work so hard, I puked. But that, okay, so in terms of common symptoms, like, okay, now we're in trouble. My pee looks like chocolate milk. I'm throwing up at the gym. I feel lightheaded and dizzy. What are some of those other symptoms and how do you like diagnose it? Do you just say, what color is your pee? You have rhabdo? Like, how is it diagnosed? What are the symptoms? Yeah, you know, if you're in the gym and you've done your workout and you're being encouraged to go, 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 or maybe you yourself want to keep going, but you feel like your muscles are, your limbs are dead or you've stopped sweating because you've, that happens when you overheat and you run out of fluid or you're just getting a little woozy there is no reason to continue. If you're starting to feel like that, 
third, first thing to do is grab your 20 ounces of water and get it in, right? If you get home and you're still feeling lousy, now people who work out know how they feel afterwards, right? You're feeling lousy. Maybe you're nauseated and it doesn't go away. Maybe you're feeling a little cloudy. You go to the bathroom and it's brown pee. Well, hydrate up. If you're not feeling better, get in and be tested. They'll test your urine. You might have some blood drawn. It's better to be safe than sorry. But again, as your listeners are listening, I do not want you to think this happens every time you work out. It is rare. It unfortunately does happen, but not very often at all. Does it go away on its own? Like if you don't go and get, you know, an IV of fluids or you don't get treated, does it go away on its own? Like what is the treatment protocol and then the long-term prognosis if you've had it? You know, everything is a progression, right? You may go home and be really dehydrated, have dark urine. You don't feel really great. You hydrate up, you rest a little while. Maybe you take a nap, you feel better, right? You probably... I mean, we all break down muscle. Producing myoglobulin is a normal part of muscle breakdown. It is how much you actually have. That's the problem. So if you do all the things you normally do for recovery and still don't feel great, then it's worth calling your doctor and say, hey, I did 25 extra sets. I loaded 245 pounds on my squat bench. I mean, you know what it normally takes to get you through your hard workout. If you've done all that and you're still not recovered and you're not hydrated back up, if you're still feeling woozy and confused, get in and get treated. And then when we are there in the hospital being treated, depending how bad your labs are, because we can detect levels in your blood, that you'll be admitted maybe to a regular floor, maybe to the ICU, depending on how your kidney function is, because we can measure kidney function. And for some people, their levels are so high, their kidneys can't keep up and they need to be dialyzed. But, you know, intensive care medicine is miraculous. They can put you on dialysis. They can hydrate you. They'll do the work of your kidneys and rest your kidneys as you clear all this protein, which your body is equipped to do. It just has to be done in a helped way now that you've accumulated. And is there like permanent damage from having a bout with rhabdo? Like are your kidneys, do they repair themselves quickly? Is there any long-term effects? You know, there can be, but in most of the cases I've taken care of, people recover. Because I would think it's probably healthy people who work out who are being affected by this, otherwise healthy people. Right. Otherwise healthy people are the ones that are going to work this hard. Yeah. Right, exactly. And everybody who I've known who has had it has started off as a very fit person, right? And then they just push themselves too hard. In fact, Allie Teach, who was a friend of the show who I was speaking about earlier, she was in the hospital for, I believe, 11 days. They had to fluid her up so much that she looked like a chipmunk. She was Instagram storying herself from the hospital. And you just couldn't believe the amount of fluids that they had to pump into this young woman to rid her body of what was in there. So I think just the key takeaway here is is don't stop working out, don't freak out, but listen to your body, which is always good sound advice. So doctor, thank you so much. This is fascinating. And who knows, you could have saved a life today. So thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And hopefully we will have prevented someone from getting in a bad place. Yes. Awesome. 
Well, such a big thank you to Dr. Wright and of course, Alexia from earlier. Thank you for all of your information on this scary disease and just really letting us know what to look out for. And hopefully you at home feel a little more informed today after listening. Hey, something else you should be informed on. Don't forget that April 1st through 3rd, we are headed to Nashville. That's right. Off the Gram Live in Nashville is coming up. If you haven't looked into joining us and getting your tickets, there may still be room. Reach out to me at Jamie at Off the Gram Podcast, and I'll let you know. Thanks again for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yay-haw!